0: And welcome back to the Fantasy Front Office podcast for the week of June 18th, 2019. This week, we are going to cover the Fantasy Baseball All-Stars, position by position here, and talk about some interesting names that have wound up near the top of those lists. And now, entering your ears, your Fantasy Front Office. And in the front office with me today is Phil. How are we doing today, Phil? Doing great. Always great to talk some baseball. So let's not dilly-dally.
1: On to the catching position. Who do you have as All-Stars this year? First guy that jumped out to me is obviously Yasmani Grindal, as he is the number one player uh, in On the catcher's uh, position for fantasy this year, he's having a fantastic year. I was looking him up on Baseball Savant. Exit velocity, hard hit percentage, everything looks great. The only thing that doesn't is sprint speed, and that's you know to be expected. But he has chipped in a couple of stolen bases for the year. (laughs) Fifteen home runs. I mean, even if you're an on-base percentage league or an average league, he's doing really well for you. It's been his. It's been known that he's a lot better in on-base percentage leagues than uh, average leagues. But this year, he's been pretty split on, on those as well. So um, big things to come for him, I think. I think it, he could really sustain this for the next couple of years if he stays with uh, Milwaukee. Wait,
0: so that contract is a good deal, it seems?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, look at what he's doing. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, and what, he's and definitely producing what he, worthy of it. Yeah, and especially what he's doing with the pitching staff as well. I mean, you look at his framing numbers— Uh, everything, everything looks great. So he's, he's an all-star in real life, I think. All right. Uh, the
0: second ranked catcher is somebody coming off an injury filled season last year. Wilson Contreras, uh, definitely producing across the board. Uh, definitely just had a bad year last year coming back 13 homers, 37 RBI batting right around the heart of that lineup in Chicago, 287 for average, 387 on base percentage. Uh, man, uh, kind of been a monster at catcher
1: yeah for sure but the only the only downside for what he's doing is where he was drafted was like 40 spots before Grandal. he was drafted around pick 100 um he's yeah he's definitely producing top five catcher value but i don't know if that's necessarily i mean he's doing what they i what i would expect for where he was drafted i guess like I don't think he's out producing where where people took him. If that makes sense.
0: You there? Yeah. I was just just looking something up here. Research tab. I hate the new ESPN layout. Mm-hmm. Also, it's slow because put all that junk on there. Yeah, and it's not communicating very well with the apps either. Mm. I'm still getting notifications that Luri Garcia or whatever his name is is not in your lineup.
1: You don't he's, own him. He's not
0: on my roster. <laughs> right, right, right. He's not even on my watch list. Like. I'm getting random notifications that are probably backlogged from when they started on this process back last year, even. yeah, Like, I had him a couple times, just picked him up for a week or two, pick up a couple stolen bases type thing, but yeah, it was never a, a major player for me. All right, and the next catcher on the list, the Kraken, Gary Sanchez, 20 home runs, 43 RBI, um, definitely made some corrections from last year when he was batting Near the mendoza line and yeah, he was definitely hurt last year yeah yeah came back a little too early on a few things we some things goodness that new york lineup monster uh the next guy on the list is not jt real muto this this is a catcher that's in houston who's getting mostly every
1: day at bats here robinson Chirinos. yeah he was uh he was a really big surprise to me to be on on here. Now I'll be honest, catcher's so thin that what I do is is I always try to draft a guy toward the end of the draft, uh, literally last pick almost every year. It's without fail. Um, even in two catcher leagues, I go I go crazy and and I draft two guys within my last like five picks maybe. <laughs> um, so like it's just not something where I care about the position. So when when you see someone like Ronnie Torino's that that has 12 home runs, 38 RBIs, and if you're in an on-base percentage league, he's doing monster things for you because he's yeah. got a three seventy-two on on-base percentage, slugging over 500. I mean, it, it, that's exactly what you look for. Um, it, it, you'd want someone to invest in someone like Gary Sanchez early on, and for you to barely, for you to get someone who's getting better numbers than him at that point in the draft, and then for you to get this point, Ronnie Torino, So um, him and the next guy that's on my list are both. Uh, Both people that I actually got a lot of shares of this year.
0: Now, are you talking Mitch Garver here? No, um, I was
1: talking Omar Navarez.
0: Ah, there you go. So Chirinos, ESPN, he's only owned in 39% of leagues. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's up 15% this past week. Legit, if you're hurting at catcher, which if you don't have one of the top five ranked catchers, you're hurting at catcher. (laughs) Right. Um, A guy that was drafted nearly at 260 overall you might want to roster him right <laughs>
1: i mean you guys you got people like out molina drafted 143 and that's that's crazy to me whenever he's the 11th ranked catcher and it's not i don't expect him to be that bad but at the same time like who are some of the other people around here mitch garver like he's he's number six james james mccann like there's there's a lot of really good catchers this year compared to where they were drafted at yeah there's a lot that were in the the
0: 250 260 range yeah. So Navarez or Navarez. Yeah. Narvez. Narvaez. Omar Narvaez. Cool. We're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> what he said. <laughs> um. I, man, he, he put up some stuff there towards the end of last year and then was shipped yep. out from Chicago over to Seattle.
1: Mm-hmm. And I, and I, and I just knew that he was going to get full playing time because, uh, you know, Seattle had shipped out Zanino and so it was like a perfect fit. And then once he started getting the full playing time, I had my eye on him, and it was something where he wasn't drafted in a lot of leagues. Uh, and if he was, it was you know something where you took him with like I said, the last pick. So I saw people drop him early on, and I scooped him up in a couple of spots, and I haven't looked back. And this is you know at points where like I I, I inherited a team, and then I had uh, Gary Sanchez, so I traded him away just because like I said, I just don't believe in the value of it. Um, then couple of days later I picked up Omar Navarez and I'm doing not that much worse than him but I got you know a great return for Gary Sanchez because the guy that I traded him to loves him so um, it was, it, that's to me the, like the perfect fit. All right. So in talking Seattle here,
0: Seattle made some interesting moves and picked Tom Murphy off waivers from Colorado. Yeah. Now we, we discussed this last year with doing the, the tag team, the handcuff at catcher, especially in mm-hmm. daily leagues, um, with the Braves this year, I would definitely be looking into Murphy and Nar nevaez and man they're they're producing really well together murphy's hitting a 300 uh chipping in a stolen base eight homers 18 rbi i mean as the backup
1: there between the two of them they're pretty darn solid there see now that's the power that we always wanted to see in cores um but he never really got a chance to play in cores and then now he gets a chance to play a little bit and he starts showing it off in seattle which is you know the the hitter haven that it actually is no uh not (laughs) uh so it, it just sucks that he ended up going where he went but at the same time he's he's producing but yeah that's that's a really good point that if you have those two guys together what do you have like you have almost gary sanchez numbers at this point if you have those guys together yeah 18
0: homers you're looking at 43 rbi that's right in the ballpark there for free uh, yeah, basically, um, most likely both are on waivers. Uh, Narvaez is owned in 61% of leagues on ESPN with, uh, Murphy at 0.7, which is up four in the last <laughs> week. Um... All those Yachty owners that are desperate on the waivers going, uh, Murphy looks good. So it, that's a good tandem. Now, the other one that uh if you listen to the StatCast podcast, you have heard Petriello talk about this is Minnesota. Minnesota's yeah. another one that's got a nice tandem there. And if Astudio comes back up and is producing, um, that three-headed monster there has been nice. Garver and Castro, they've got 19 homers. You're looking at forty-five. 547 rbi and a 370 on base percentage between the two of them and pretty much you can get them on waivers still Garber 46 percent owned castro 2.4 so if catcher is a place where you can upgrade i would definitely be looking to upgrade uh, maybe worth doing something like a, a split time tandem that you can run with on a daily um another name to keep your eye on is roberto perez there in cleveland He's been getting some pretty solid at-bats there. 11 homers, 27 RBI, a little low in the average at just a shade under two forty. Base at nearly a three forty clip, though. In the last eight games, he's hit four home runs and has a 1,300 OPS and is playing Detroit. <laughs> so this uh definitely somebody to have on your radar in deeper, deeper, deeper leagues. Uh, let's turn to first base. Who are your standouts there, Phil?
1: I think... If you don't start first base off with Josh Bell, you're doing things wrong. Yeah. Um, Well,
0: no, I mean, Freddie Freeman is putting up a career year pace right now.
1: I'm just talking about for like value purposes. Oh, yeah. For like all star, you know, fantasy all star purposes.
0: Um, Yeah. Freeman, you took at 23 overall. Bell, you got at 190.
1: Right, exactly. So, I mean, even from just ESPN Player Raider. For standard league, uh, with average, it, it has Josh Bell, at, you know, above above Freddie Freeman. The only one above uh, Josh Bell is Cody Bellinger at this point.
0: Yeah, and Belly's gotten all of his at bats this year out in the outfield, I believe. So out yeah, in center.
1: That's, yeah, that's a I've had him on. I had him on my outfield list. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, Josh Bell would be my go-to guy. Um, I know Keith representing uh, <laughs> Josh Bell since since back in the day. And, uh, now the power is actually showing the average is staying, uh, he's crushing balls. Like it's, it's crazy how well he's doing. Um, I expected him to do well. I don't think I ever expected him to hit for power like this, but I don't think anybody at the time that we were talking about him because he was hurt last year whenever the the new balls came in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't think anybody kind of calibrated for that because he hit, he hit line drives all over the field. And so his exit velocity, uh, expected batting average, expected slugging, all that stuff is, is 94, 96, 99, 92 uh, percentile on uh, baseball savant. Um, but So I don't think anybody expected that the ball itself was going to be that big of a difference for him, but clearly it is. Um, because we were talking back in the day about, you know, it was 25 his cap on home runs and here he is at 19 and we're at June 9 or June 18th. Right. Uh, a
0: 320 batting average. Right. Nearly 400 on base percentage. Right. Just
1: crushing S- baseballs slugging six fifty three. He's got an OPS <laughs> over a thousand right now.
0: Uh, He's a doubles machine, 27 already,
1: and threw in a few triples as well. I mean, just smoking it. Yeah, it's crazy to see how different he is than last year uh, when he was hurt. I mean, clearly he was hurt last year during the the change of balls. Because, you know, that that year, his I guess his rookie year, kind of, you know, not, not his first cup of coffee, but the next year. Uh, he had 26 home runs and 90 RBIs. I know we talked about him a couple of times, but he jumped that batting average up this year, and, and that power, it looks crazy legit. The window is shut if you wanted him. Now you just have to watch from the outside if you don't have him. Yeah. Uh, next up, Pete Alonzo, 23. Nope, he went deep tonight, four for four.
0: Yeah, <laughs>
1: a couple of doubles also. I mean, he's just hitting rockets.
0: Yeah, uh, saw a tweet. He has 10 balls hit over 113 miles an hour um, on the year. That's insane. Tied with CJ Krohn, and nobody else has over seven.
1: So he's another guy that he, he, he kind of came out of nowhere, but like people expected him to be good, but not necessarily this good. And is it the ball, or is it him? Uh, does he need to make an adjustment once the pitchers adjust to him, or has he already made that adjustment? So there's a lot going on with him, but... If you look at the numbers of what he's doing currently, I mean, clearly he's top first baseman. So, yeah, um, especially where he was drafted, 181, there's no way you can leave him off this list. The three, what is it, 346 is on base percentage right now. Yeah. So even if you play, you know, if you play on base percentage league, he's an asset there essentially, or at least, at least neutral for you. Um, and, and even in ba- on, uh, batting average leagues, he's not like killing you. And and that's what it was expected is for him to hit for massive power, but, you know, struggle in batting average. So this is actually really nice to see. Yeah. So
0: he is a month by month project here. Um, uh, March and April, he hit 292 average, uh, nine homers, 26 RBI, but still struck out 35 times that month. Uh In May, played just shy of the same amount of games. 10 homers struck out 31 times, but only hit 232. So pitchers made an adjustment. And now once we've hit June, already just past the halfway point, four homers, including the one tonight is five homers, 12 strikeouts, batting about 260, which is about where we kind of figured he'd wind up. Uh Mm-hmm. So it it looks like he's made an adjustment back on the pitchers. So it's it's a progression for him. I mean, definitely got a shot at 40 this year as a rookie.
1: Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. I mean, <laughs> he's he's got a shot at the Bellinger record. What was that? Was it 49? Didn't Bellinger hit 49 his rookie year? You know, now I got to pull it up.
0: Yeah, looking at it here
1: uh 39 is 39 yeah yeah that's the nl nl rookie record so looks like he's gonna smash that (laughs) yeah
0: definitely can i mean uh, the ball definitely helps but man when you're smoking the ball like he is i mean it's it's turning a, a 410 foot home run into a 430 right so definitely had to make the list here
1: and everything he hits is a laser it's not like he's hitting like lollipops out there. It's like you're watching uh, Aaron Judge, basically. It's like literally everything that he hits is a laser. All right, who's next on your list here, Phil? Uh, Trey Mancini. Which I was, was just looking at him. Which was a, a big surprise to me because I was a guy that thought, you know, Trey Mancini really wasn't much coming into the year. And I don't know, I guess – I guess I wasn't paying attention because literally I looked today and I was like, wow, where did this come from? I don't know if he's having a great last couple of weeks or if I just literally have been ignoring him all year or what, but he's doing some pretty nice things as far as what's going on. Now, when you look a little bit deeper, um, his expected slugging percentage expected. wOBA, those look great. But his his exit velocity and hard hit percentage, those are about average. Those are about average. So it's, Not necessarily something where this is predicting going future, but – I don't know. Uh, he's done really, really well so far this year. Yeah, I've
0: I've never been on the Mancini train. Uh, the last two years, he's been solid as a a backup first baseman, uh, corner infield type, fill-in type deal. Uh, 24 homers both years, 65 and 69 runs, uh, 78 RBI, 58 RBI. I mean, he is the biggest trade chip that the Orioles have. And if you're looking to swing a deal for somebody to bolster your team, I'd definitely be looking into Mancini because he's already got 16 home runs 50 runs 35 RBI, and we haven't we haven't hit the halfway point yet like he's on pace for a career year uh 30 homers is within reach if he lands in a lineup that's actually not baltimore you got a really good shot I mean, he's batting 309 already, add some protection around him and he'll be seeing some good stuff.
1: You know, it literally just hit me that everything that I was saying about uh, Josh Bell earlier about, you know, that we thought, you know, maybe 25 would be his cap on power and that he really wasn't much uh, going forward. But that's kind of the same thing about Trey Mancini. Like he had that same 2017 where he had 24 home runs and batted 293, which both those numbers look great in hindsight because we didn't recalibrate again for the ball. And it looks like he had some issues going on last year where he struck out a lot last year. Well, he cut his strikeout rate by 5% this year, it seems like. So, you know, he's down to 19 uh, when he was at 24. So he's putting the bat on the ball a little bit better. He's walking a little bit more. looks like he's hitting better pitches. Um, Maybe this is something that would be a little bit sustainable going forward. So I think he is a good target because I I think there's a lot of people that are going to be out there like me that are going to be surprised by how good he's doing and, and not going to buy into it. But it does look like some of these numbers are saying that he should should be legitimate.
0: Yeah, and you'll definitely want to make a move for him before he's traded. Right. Um, man, an ADP of 202. He is 95% owned. Uh, the next guy, Dan Vogelbach. I mean, between him and Voigt, like, they both yeah. kind of have the same build and they both blister
1: the ball. Uh, Vogie is kind of slowed down off of his torrid start. He's still getting on base and he's still hitting home runs. He's just not hitting for as high of an average as what he was at the beginning. Right. Um, and so I think most owners are going to be okay with that. Cause I don't think most owners were expecting him to hit 300 anyways, <laughs> uh, right. especially, especially when you picked him up off waivers, you know, after the first week of the season when he started actually hitting. So um, the 17 home runs is, is something that that's what you're looking to see continue Um, there haven't been as many home runs recently, but I feel like that he's, he's been kind of streaky so he could have another streak here in a second where he pops off another 10 in a month and no one would be shocked. Well,
0: and, and honestly, he'd be a guy to be looking to sell high or sell on because don't know how much protection he's going to have. As we get closer to the All-Star break and the trade deadline, uh, man, with uh, Encarnacion gone, bound to be more changes there in Seattle.
1: Yeah, that's true, too. Um, plus, I mean, ballpark's not great anyway, so the lineup is really what was making it what it is. You get rid of some of those guys in there, you know, gets, it gets pretty pretty barren pretty quick over there. <laughs> they, don't, they don't have anybody to call up to, to make things better. <laughs> we'll put it that way. Uh, Luke Voigt. Should he's been
0: basically putting the uh, the roster on his back there in New York between him and Gary Sanchez, uh, and DJ LeMayhew just keeps hitting and hitting and hitting. Um, but everybody's returning. Stanton returned today on Tuesday. Looks like Judge will be back here in a couple days. Just added Encarnacion. Like, yeah, can
1: we talk? Can we talk about how <laughs> weird of a move that was? Because they had to send down. Clint Frazier, who was hitting, I don't know, pretty well, I'll say. Yeah, I mean, major league player. Good. Yeah, he's, he's hitting really good. <laughs> yeah, let's be real. Um, but they, they sent him down for Edwin Encarnacion, who's, I mean, he's a good player. He's got a good batting average or good on-base percentage and, and slugging percentage. I think he's going to be, I think he's going to see a lot more home runs. So here here's what it came down to. Um, Seattle was in
0: talks with both Fabé and the Astros. And this was definitely a Brian Cashman uh screw you move where he's like, Yeah, we'll take him on, pony up a little extra cash, split the difference with you or whatever, increase the prospect that's coming back. Oh, wait, that's the guy that we got from you a year ago <laughs> for a reliever that you guys just released. So yeah, no skin off our back. We'll take the home the major league leader in the American League and home runs, add that to our lineup, not our rivals. Um, but yeah, man, that was definitely a, a big old middle finger there from Cashman. I
1: feel like he does those kind of moves a lot, which go him, you know, but kind of makes me curious uh, about Luke Voigt and his future and how many, you know, if he, is he going to see the same amount of bats? Well, they, they are saying it's going to be Voigt
0: and E5 kind of rotating at DH in first base. Stanton will be mostly an everyday outfielder, which probably isn't good for his prospects in the long term. And I mean, you get him back, you got Judge in the outfield, and you've got Hicks out there. Gardner will be a a fourth outfielder, and more than likely, you're going to get Frazier traded before the deadline for a starting pitcher. These
1: people are crazy, I tell you.
0: Yeah. All right. Any other first baseman? Uh, no, that was all. Sweet. Let's dive into second base. Maximus Muncy. He has been
1: holding it down there in L.A. Basically doing what he did last year. Yeah, and that surprised me because he struggled towards the beginning of the year. And I thought that maybe the league had figured something out on him in the offseason. And it seems like he made the adjustment and he's just back to pumping home runs. Yeah, get it out of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Good old Kenny Cashman and RotoWare over there. Isn't that not awesome?
0: That was awesome marketing that you had Muncie in that shirt. Um, who's your next second baseman there,
1: Phil? So I was looking at guys that were just drafted kind of late mostly. And Brandon Lowell. Got that fifteen home runs, two eighty nine batting average. I know he's got a high strikeout percent strikeout rate right now. Um, but that power looks pretty legit, man. He's he's done some things that you wouldn't expect. But I guess maybe you would because you know the Rays are a pretty smart team and they gave him the extension before he even came up. So um, or before, you know, he really got a shot. So um yeah, he's my next guy. Brandon Lau. Yeah, he's ranked number what was it?
0: Player Raider at second base. Yeah,
1: but he was drafted around 250. Well, so he's he's ahead of Glaber Torres, right behind Yon Mancada, right behind. Actually, splitting hairs with uh, Max Muncy. If you look at the player radar, like the actual points, it's uh, 629 to 640. Th- 647 for just a standard league. So, and not much behind Javier Baez, who was drafted as like almost a first round pick.
0: Right. 15th, basically 16th overall. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Lau, he's still only owned in 46% of leagues there on ESPN,
1: which is crazy. People are stupid. Like,
0: what, what are you doing? Okay, but at this, on the same note here, weren't we the ones that have been bad mouthing him for like the last two or three shows? That strikeout rate. I mean, like, the
1: strikeout rate is what it is. <laughs>
0: but like, when you're producing, you're producing. Like, I mean, I mean, he's still batting point, almost two ninety, and point, striking exactly. out thirty five plus percent of the time. Exactly.
1: Um, and his ISO his, his isolated slugging is, is two sixty 260, or two sixty four. Jeez, I mean that's decent. You know, <laughs> like ev- everything that everything that I see on his uh, baseball savant page, exit velocity eightieth percentile, sprint speed seventy third percentile, uh, hard hit seventy fifth, uh, expected woba sixty seventh, expected slugging seventy eighth. Like he's doing things he's supposed to do. The only thing that he's not supposed to do is batting average, and so that's going to drop here in a second. So it's going to be, <laughs> so he he's basically look at him like Pete Alonso. Yeah. Soon the league is going to adjust to him, and his batting average is going to drop. But that power is legit. That's basically what I'm saying. All right, all right, and I'll and, buy it. And he's and he still has a decent enough uh, walk rate. He you know he's walking almost seven percent of the time, a decent enough walk rate. And he walked ten percent of the time last year. And I know he walked in the minors too. He he's he's a guy that's gonna get on base enough that he's gonna score enough runs and with his power he's gonna have enough RBIs. For second base, he's not he's not anything that's bad. We'll put it that way. He's just not gonna give you the two ninety batting average that he's giving you now. True. All right. The Next
0: two here, um, they could be classified at other positions, but they've got nearly identical bat batting lines: uh, 15 doubles, 20 and 21 homers, 50 RBI, 45 RBI, three stolen bases apiece, uh, 280, 286 batting average. That's Cattell Marte, candidate that went at about 170 overall, and second baseman Mike Mustakis. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to hear, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, to say it uh, out loud a couple of times before you actually get it. You know, it's been f- hilarious. It's been hilarious that, owning what him. What else? Is, and, what else is funny is is that he's got the same amount of stolen bases as Catal Marte, and only one more home run than Catal Marte. Like, think about like our perception of everything going into the year about how um, is going to hit forty home runs and steal zero bases and play horrible defense at second base, which probably still is happening. Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: but. But but,
0: but I, they're making it work there in Milwaukee. Like, I, I
1: don't I don't know if they really are because uh, you you look at it and Travis Shaw, Travis Shaw sucks. Okay. And then, um, yeah. They, who, they who, was their, who was their other guy that's up there that is is batting just horribly? And then they send down Hiora who is crushing it in the minors and, and hits well in the majors. And they're like, no, you need more time to learn baseball in the minors. <laughs> cause, cause our guys have a job in the majors and they're more important than you. Well, uh, I don't,
0: I don't know if that wasn't some uh, timeline manipulation type stuff going on. Send him down for a few get weeks, a, get an extra year, gain that extra year. Um, make some decisions later because, I mean, Aguilar is atrocious this year. Um, That's the other one. That's the one
1: I was thinking of. Yeah, I dropped him in a 10-team league, and he's sitting there in waivers three weeks later. Like, think about how bad you have to be in a dynasty where there's (laughs) 40-man rosters for a a player to sit there for three consecutive weeks.
0: Coming off a 30-plus homer season.
1: Great season, but how bad do you have to be for your team to not realize that Mike Moustakis at maybe first base and, and uh, Keston Hayura at second base would be better for your team.
0: Or Moose at third,
1: Right. at second, Shaw at first, exactly. or they've got Thames playing first. And he's doing well whenever he plays, right. so I don't have a problem with like a, a you know... Uh, a platoon with him and someone else or whatever but th- the fact that Harwara got sent down that's that's what kills me with the the Mistakis at second base thing
0: yeah, anyways it it's been a blast slotting him in at second base as my starting second baseman for a while
1: oh um, yeah i i have him in TGFBI so i have the same thing i enjoy him there oh yeah um Marte has just come out and
0: just torn up pitching he's elevated his swing and it's paying off um I, I wasn't anticipating a 40 home run year from Cattell Marte. I was hoping more 2025, 20, especially with the baseball now. Um, when he gets a hold of it, they aren't cheap shots. And he's doing it from both sides of the plate pretty evenly. Uh, there's been three games so far that he's gone deep from both sides of the plate. I mean, uh, I think it was Fantrax. They put out a tweet today on their new Fantrax MLB account on Twitter with most of their riders talking about who they they would be selling high on and Marte's name came up and I'm like, why?
1: Yeah, I agree. I I mean,
0: mean, I I can see why, but he's made adjustments. Like we saw this beginning around May 20th. I think I did a, uh, a graphic talking about it early June. Like his second half was this this level, but it was showing us that this was possible, maybe in a pipe dream, but it was still a possibility.
1: I mean, if you look at the trends from 17, his exit velocity was 86.6, 18, it's 88.5. 19 we're at 90.8 he's trending upward exit velocity or the, his launch angle is up to 11.2 this year when last year it was 5.7 so you're, i mean you're absolutely right like there's reasons to, to believe in him completely especially when you look at his strikeout rate most people that are that are at 20 home runs right now are scraping by with the 25 to 30 30 percent strikeout rate he's over here at 15.5 so if you look at all the other numbers that you know the, that's pretty cool <laughs> um, sorry, baseball savant actually has uh, like defensive numbers on here now. Oh yes, uh, they did drop a new stat category cool. called jump. Uh, yeah, outfielder recently. jump. Yeah, and and outs above average is on there now too. I don't know if I just missed that before or not, but um, but anyways, his exit velocity, hard hit percentage, all that stuff is a well above average. Sprint speed again, well above average. Hopefully, starts stealing a couple of bags here and there. Cross my fingers. Well, it's hard um, to steal bags when you're running jogging, the bases when you're jogging around yeah. them. What is this new thing called yogging? Yeah. Um, anyways. So, you know, is expecting bad average expecting slogan percentage. All that stuff's in the 90th, 90, 91st percentile. What, what's not to like now? I know that these stats again are not predictive of future stats. These are a snapshot of what has already happened and what, what should have happened in those scenarios essentially. Um, but if that continues going forward, which why wouldn't it if, if, everything else is staying the same with his strikeout raid and and all that other stuff. But the numbers that are getting better are the exit velocity and the launch angle. Why would his, why would his numbers not continue to get better? So I I don't know why you would sell him either, but I had him classified as a shortstop in this. So I'm going to mark him off my shortstop list.
0: Okay. Yeah. Well, he's eligible at second short and in the outfield. Yeah. Um, Three other second basemen here. Uh, most they're all utility guys, so they could be yeah. at any number of positions. Uh, Howie Kendrick, I was on he's my list. the veteran, undrafted uh, this year. Yeah. I don't,
1: there, you, you can't tell me that you were in a, a standard league that he got drafted in, not anything that was twelve teams or less that he got <laughs> drafted in that you have a serious face, um, because why why would you? You know, you didn't expect him to bat three thirty three with twelve home runs on June eighteenth. Um, but here we are, and he has a 600 slugging percentage, and and he's continuing it. So you know, eligible at first, second, and third. Right on. Uh,
0: some contender is gonna love having him on their bench as a utility guy.
1: Why you? Why you uh, not believe in the Nationals? Have you seen their offense? <laughs> they got
0: <laughs> they got Howie Kendrick. Uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> um. <laughs> He's but, the thing that's going to bring a, a prospect or two back for him, save him some so, money.
1: So, if you, this is like baseball savant porn because, like, I'm looking at <laughs> Howie Kendricks, you know, exit velocity, 94th percentile. Hard hit 97 expected or expected Woba. Now, look, look at it over the last three years. How, how does that go? Does it show me that over the last three well, years? Well, I
0: think with his exit velocity, uh, we might have to take it piece by gotcha. piece rather than.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, exit velocity is kind of the same trending uh, as as we're talking about with Catal Marte um, 87 and 17, 90.2 last year, uh, which is, you know, that's respectable. And this year it's 92.3, which is top 6% of the league. Yeah. Um, and so he went from hitting no launch angle 0.8 in 17 to 7.9 in 18 and 10.0 in uh, 19. So, again, there's a reason why he – he has a 51% hard hit rate. 51% of the time he's hitting the ball hard. <laughs> and it's
0: not a bunch of pull shots, is it? No. Like he's, he's spraying it all around the field. Uh, 12 homers, 43 RBI on base percentage, just over 380. Yeah.
1: I mean, his homers are mostly pulled. Um, he's hit a couple of them to to right field. But if you're looking at his, uh, his hit chart, which it's awesomely easy to get to on Baseball Savant, Uh, every, most of his hits are spread around. Like I even, he's even painted the line in right field, uh, with a couple of base hits and doubles. Uh, so yeah, he's good. And he's hitting the ball mostly up the middle. That's, that's where you want to see it. And that's exactly why he's hitting the ball as hard as he is too. These other two guys were also drafted right
0: around him and are producing at, or basically the same, uh. Tommy Listella out in L.A. and Derek Dietrich. Um, Dietrich might be looking at uh, a, a reduction here if Scooter Jeanette ever gets healthy. Um, but until then, I mean, basically Scooter Jeanette.
1: I think I think they find a spot for him somewhere else at this <laughs> point, um, because you're exactly right. I mean, he, he's killing the ball and you cannot put that swag on the bench like he has swag for, <laughs> for the entire team that includes Yassel Puig he has more swag than Puig just because he does it in like great situations where he pimps those home runs. But his, his slugging percentage right now is, is 588, Um, and that's, you know, in line is expected slugging is, is right there as well. So he is, uh, He's doing pretty good. I would think he's going to keep it up. Yeah, Listella has actually just passed
0: on him a few times, probably shouldn't have. 296 average on the year, uh, 350 on base percentage, 15 homers, 39 RBI. Uh, that lineup just got Otani back, and he's on fire. Uh, yeah, he's Just okay. got Upton back. Yep. And Pujols is actually competent with the bat <laughs> this year. Um,
1: Which is surprising.
0: Yeah, it, it seemed like that decline was going fast rolling off the table but uh yeah he's been competent this year lots of power numbers i mean low average but worthy of it on base percentage is good there
1: but Lestella man so can i tell you one thing that stands out to me about tommy Lestella above anything else uh that profile picture there i mean it looks like he's got neck for days but now you just <laughs> you're think of, now you're just making me think of the jim carrey gif and then now i'm i'm go- going in a, i'm going in the wrong direction you're, here you're in a rabbit uh, hole now yeah, anywho, thank you for that visual. Um <laughs> definitely worth a watch though. Go ahead and look at that Tommy <laughs> listella baseball savant. Uh anyways, so 8.5% strikeout rate. Wow. Top 1% of the league. So he's up there with, you know, best in baseball at not striking out and that's obviously the worst outcome that you can have in baseball. Uh, is not doing anything as far as for your fantasy baseball team purposes. So this guy gives you a fighting chance more often than basically anybody else. And whenever he's given the opportunity, it looks like he's he's cashing in on those. So um, the 15 home runs is, is kind of surprising to me. But at the same time, it's not that far off of his expected. Um, his expected slugging is, is 472 at this point. His actual slugging is 506. So, I mean, he could have a little regression, but it's not anything crazy um i again had him as a third baseman so i will mark him off my third base list uh but but yeah he's 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 been really surprising and same thing with me is i saw him on waivers earlier in the year and i was like (laughs) tommy listella yeah right and then now i'm like wait where'd tommy listella go i wanted to pick him up and someone else already did and now everyone's like (laughs) phil you're stupid yeah and so so now now phil's the stupid one because he didn't pick up tommy listella well, that's my, public, that's my public service announcement. today. Yeah, 85
0: percent owned. The other two, Kendrick is only 54. Uh, that's up 27 percent this week. So if you're wanting in on the Howie Kendrick uh, train, you better jump on it real soon. Uh, Dietrich, 41 percent owned. I mean, that did take a 17 percent dive this past week.
1: Yeah, he was on he was on a little skid, but he jacked another homer today. I bet you another 10 percent pick 10 percent of people pick him up. <laughs> Yep, uh, he was
0: on a 1-for-15 skid um, until tonight. He's so far 1-for-2, two. homer, 2-RBI. Two it sounds like they're actually pitching to him again. Yeah. Um, anybody else at
1: second base there, Phil? I had DJ LeMahieu at second base. Um, I know he's also third baseman eligible, so maybe up in there, maybe you didn't want to talk about him. We've we've name-dropped him. Yeah, moving from Gores uh, to Yankee Stadium into that lineup, um, second and third base eligible, like I just said, uh, batting average jumped back up to what, you know, his career norm was. Um, that was an outlier last year. It seems like uh, a little bit more power this year, exactly what you wanted from him, especially <laughs> where, especially where you drafted him, you know, 218. Uh, can't be mad at any of that. I mean, and he's only going to get to see
0: better pitches right. with everybody coming back. I mean, he goes from, I mean, he might go from batting second in that lineup down to batting seventh. Um, his uh, his batting average with runners in scoring position is insane. Those RBIs are going to keep piling up. Uh, let's dive into shortstop here. Uh, I know you said you had Cattell Marte.
1: So let's, uh, let's see who you got at short. I have Tim Anderson. And I know he was drafted a little early for what I'm talking about. But if you look at it in perspective... He's almost pacing what the top shortstops were doing. And there were maybe seven, I would think, shortstops that were drafted in front of him. Uh, and and at this point, he's, he's number three on the player radar. Um, 315 batting average, 10 home runs already, and 15 stolen bases already. I know he hasn't been as hot lately as he was the first month. Um, but still, those numbers count from the beginning of the year <laughs> till now. And he has done plenty to do uh, wonders for your team from where he was drafted. So he was drafted about 120 overall, um, but being the number three shortstop in uh, fantasy by a good chunk over the number, number four, which is technically Catal Marte. But if you're looking at it the other way, just you know, only shortstop people. Uh, Elvis Andrews is right behind him, too, who also is having a pretty good year.
0: Mondesi, Story, uh, yep. Bogarts, they're all having pretty decent years. Paul DeYoung, man, stepped up that power game. Uh, Francisco Lindor, if he hadn't missed all that time, I mean, he's making up for losing that time, uh, putting up some pretty good numbers. I mean, shortstop is pretty stacked.
1: Yeah, I think we talked about this early, uh, in the preseason in the yeah. yeah, yeah. Especially when guys like Tatis Jr. got called up like immediately and and guys like Jorge Polanco, which is another, you know, guy on my list, just started dominating from day one. And he he for instance, Jorge Polanco is batting 332, 10 home runs, and chipping in a couple of stolen bases as well. Like that's massive from the shortstop position. Like I have two shortstops that I don't know what to do with, and I don't, and I don't have a spot for them, and no one else will give me anything for them because they think that I picked them up off waivers, which I did pick them up off waivers, uh, but that doesn't mean that they're not better than what they have, and and it just it sucks that your league mates look at stuff like that. Anyways,
0: yeah, Anderson last couple years has been kind of a, a middling average guy,
1: two fifty two sixty batting average. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year three fifteen. Right. Now, again, I don't think I would expect him to have anything higher than maybe a 280 at the end of the year. I think that would be probably generous with the way that things are trending.
0: Granted, what's what's his exit velo there? Because I believe he is smoking the ball, and I'm pretty sure his Babip is kind of astronomical.
1: His exit velo is 42nd percentile, hard hit percentage 52nd percentile. Um, his expected batting average is 88th percentile, but expected Woba 58th and expected slugging is 67. So the speed is legit. The batting average looks like it's maybe a little bit more legit than I think, and maybe the power is less legit than I thought. But I mean, we know that he can hit 20 home runs. That's not a problem, especially with the ball changing. So if if he can get 20 home runs and, and get up to maybe 30 stolen bases this year, it doesn't matter even if he does drop his betting average, which from what I'm seeing doesn't look like what would, would happen very much. But yeah. Right. He's kind of having
0: the year Javi Baez had last year where it was just insane. Everything going right. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, he's got a 2.8% walk rate. Yeah. <laughs> so, he is literally like as bad as we were talking about. Tommy LaSella is good with his strikeout rate. He's the bottom one percent of the league for walk rate, consistently for his career. His three point three for his career.
0: Well, you don't need to be walking when you're stroking the ball like that. Mm, yeah, but the last couple of years he wasn't. He Just was. saying. <laughs> very true uh who else you got
1: on your list there at short at shortstop uh the other one was Dansby Swanson and I know it's crazy because I really don't like him too much but I have to give credit where credit is due and so far this year he has looked a lot better than previous years um let me pull him up real quick because I'm not so sure that it's uh legit Actually, actually, most of it looks more legit than I thought. Yeah, 260
0: average, 13 homers, 6 stolen bases, 43 RBI. I mean, the counting stats are there, and it seems like he's finally just made enough adjustments to catch up with Major League pitching. I mean, I doubt he'll be a, a standout stud number three shortstop, but I mean, 72% of people are rostering him right now, and... You got him in past pick 250 in his ADP. So, I mean, it was kind of flyer territory anyway, going into your last picks. So,
1: maybe I'm about to change my position on Dansby Swanson <laughs> because everything that I'm seeing, it looks like he's been unlucky this year. It's ex- kind of what I've been hearing. His expected batting average is 287. He's actually hitting, what, 262? Um, expected slug is 523. And he's actually slugging 470, um, chipping in a couple of stolen bases every now and then. He's got up six for the year. If that is something that happens and this is legit, like, I don't know how he isn't somebody who's maybe top three or four. Because with the speed he has, you get the the stolen bases on top. You he know he's going to play every day because of his defense. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I might be a truther. Ask. Ask me about I a was Swanson today, truther. I was today years old when I became a Swanson truther. Yeah. All right. how How do you feel about Jorge Polanco? Oh, you know, what? he was on my list too. I just I thought I scratched him out. Um. <laughs> wait, no, I talked about him earlier, didn't I?
0: For a mm, second. I don't know. We might have just name dropped him there, but yeah. uh, batting three thirty two, a couple stolen bases, ten home runs, thirty seven RBI uh 45 runs, nearly 400 on base percentage and a slug at 555.
1: Yeah, I mean, where did this come from? Like he was always <laughs> he was a decent hitter before, but he wasn't anything great, and then he got popped for PEDs and I was like, "Oh man, he was like an okay hitter before, now he's not doing drugs, what is he going to be now?" And he's like, "I'm going to be better." And I don't believe it, but I guess I have to because it's actually happening on one of my teams. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I'm, I'm excited to see it. But it's weird because exit velocity is at the 25th percentile, which is not good. Well, in the overall, but as a shortstop, that's pretty – that's like upper tier. Well, his hard hit percentage is, is in the 30, 33rd percentile also. So I don't understand how his expected batting average is so high. What is he doing? Like how – where is he hitting the ball? Like is it – exactly? he's like, oh, I'm going to be Tony Quinn and pick where I'm going to hit the ball now. Like – I'm generally confused. Right. How I need to know. I'm going to send a letter to my congressman and see if he can tell me about the situation (laughs) because I am thoroughly confused and maybe he can shed some light on what's going on. Because I don't see anything different. Strikeout rate went down a little bit. Exit velocity jumped up quite a bit, I guess. Launch angle went up a little bit, but it was good before. Good enough before at least. Man, I don't know. This is weird. He's been good, though. I don't know. What else to say? He cut down on his ground ball
0: percentage by 12, 13%. I guess that makes sense then. Line drive percent stays right on average. Fly ball percent went from 38 last year to 50% fly ball. And hard contact jumped from 32% to 42%. Soft contact went from 22 down to 16 and a half. That would definitely help out there. You're striking it much better. Let's see if we got anything contact wise uh all his contact rates are within like three or four percent of where he was last year plus or minus hmm. so he's hitting it in the air much harder um i mean that that would definitely translate some to his expected batting average yeah i could see that i'm just skeptical still <laughs> definitely um any short stops you're looking to sell high on jorge polanco <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> So you say
0: you're a Swanson truther, but are you going to sell high on him? What is someone going to give me? Like,
1: Give me an offer right now, and I'll tell you whether or not I accept it.
0: Uh, Corey
1: Seeger? Doesn't he hurt?
0: Uh, currently on the aisle. Little hamstring issue played catch today. Uh-huh.
1: I think I'd probably stick with Swanson for right now. Uh, Carlos Correa also on the IL. Just Bianca. that one's. That one's. Uh, he's a little longer,
0: isn't it? As of June tenth. Oh yeah, the rib issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The massage table, cracked rib, uh, out four to six weeks.
1: I mean, right now, Swanson's already doing better than him. Why rock the boat? Gene Segura? Mm. Swanson's basically outpacing him as well. Yeah, I think I keep Swanson. I think you got to go... Javi Baez? Yeah, I was going to say, I was. I mean, that's crazy talk, though.
0: Um, <laughs> well,
1: so is uh. So is Segura. That was pretty crazy talk there. Uh... Well, I know, but I'm saying, like, Baez was almost a first-round pick. And, and actually still producing, we're talking about what Segura who, you know, he was drafted in the seventies and and he's not really doing anything. He's six home runs and four stolen bases. He's not doing horrible, but he's not really doing anything great for you. So I could see somebody being like, ah, oh, you know, I don't want him anymore. I'll take Swanson. I, I don't see someone be like bias sucks right. <laughs> after, after they drafted him in the first round. <laughs> I want Dan to be Swanson. Um, well, unless like, they're they're I,
0: selling off high priced tickets. I mean, yeah, I yeah. mean, you'd be talking dynasty that's, salary type stuff. Yeah, that, that that's, that's, a,
1: that's a different matrix that I mean, that's hard to even like, it's really hard to do anything with stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, especially hypothetically. Uh,
0: let's let's dive into third base here.
1: Yeah. Raphael Devers, anyone? Uh, right. Uh, he's kind of being a machine there in M- Boston. MVP? MVP candidate. Just kidding on that note. But (laughs) to be be honest with you, he's maybe a team MVP, right? I mean, he he was drafted in the one sixties. He's got 11 home runs, eight stolen bases, yeah, that's three oh two. The the eight stolen bases is, is what really gets me because like this proves that like anybody can steal bases. <laughs> well, and I'm not saying that he's like slow or anything. Let me get him pulled up because he, he might not be, but I don't think he's ever stolen any bases before, like, this year. I guess he had eight stolen bases total his first two years. And he's tried to steal 12 times already this year. He's, he's been thrown out four times. Um, so maybe it's not so good for his team that he's stealing, but it's good for your team that he's stealing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but his sprint speed is 53rd percentile. So he's literally league average uh, speed. And he's up there with, you know, not the league leaders, but for, for definitely for someone his speed is in the league leaders of eight stolen bases. So... Um, But he's another guy that if you just want to look at the baseball savant page and kick back and just be like, oh, wow. Uh, His page is just – it lights up red for this year. Everything. Again, 50% hard hit rate this year. Yeah. He cut his strikeout rate. He cut his strikeout rate by 30%. Wow. I I like to put it in perspective like that and say that he cut 8% off of his strikeout rate from 24 to 16 but that was 30% of what it was that's crazy and the only thing he's been doing is hitting the ball harder yeah so it's not like he's you know being passive He's still he's crushing the ball the only thing that you could hope for is for him to hit the ball in the air a little bit more cuz his uh, launch angle is 8.5 right now If he could get that above 12, maybe 15 uh, with how he's hitting the ball, I think you would see a huge spike in home runs. And, oh, yeah, by the way, he's only 22 years old.
0: Yeah, yeah. Next on the third base Standout list, uh, drafted 205 on ADP, is Eduardo Escobar.
1: Why would we want to talk about him? Does he play for a team that you like or something? Uh just dropping names here. <laughs> uh, no, he was on my list too, but... Uh, 292
0: average, in a stolen base, 58 RBI already, 17 homers, uh, 17 doubles. I believe he just about paced all of Major League Baseball in doubles last year. Uh, and five triples.
1: How's he looking on Savant there? So it looks like he's getting kind of lucky, to be honest with you. Really? Yeah, his exit velocity, 35th percentile, uh, hard hit, 14th. Uh, expected Woba 39th, expected slugging is 52, and expected batting is 25. So his expecting batting average is 237, his expecting slug is 234, um, expected Woba is 318. So there's like a big gap between what his actual Woba is and what his expected is. He's actually more in line with last year as far as expected is concerned. Hmm. Um, but he jumped about 40 points and for what it actually was. He is hitting the ball a little bit harder. Launch angle is a little bit better. The launch angle is still there, but the exit velocity is a little bit better. Um, it's a curious case also. Because hmm. everything, everything looks good, but it doesn't pass the smell test. On the surface, even though he
0: is an Arizona guy, I'd be looking to sell high on him. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right,
1: who next on your list? You stole my guys. So I had, to- <laughs> I had Devers, Escobar, and Listella as my three guys for uh, third base, and we talked about Listella at second base, and Escobar you took also. So
0: the list is yours, my friend. Oh, boy. Ah, here we go. David Bode in Chicago, 350 on base percentage, 274 average, 8 homers, 33 RBI. Uh, he's been a replacement that I've kind of picked up, and it looks like his last week has been atrocious.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's not been great. I mean, Austin Riley's another guy that obviously went undrafted, and, and he's come up, and <laughs> right. he's just flat-out hit the ball like crazy. I mean, he's he's hitting 290s His slugging percentage is 617 over the last seven days he's slugging 704 can someone tell me if that's good at the uh at the baseball jedi on twitter um (laughs) at at me and let me know if 704 slugging percentage is good or bad um because i'm unsure at this point um uh 613 slug on the year yeah but for his last seven days it's 704
0: yeah yeah that's uh is that good or bad guys pretty good oh it's good
1: Yeah, Maybe I should do a poll. You know, that might just work out. Yeah, I think I'll do a poll on it. Um, But Austin Riley has, uh, he was expected to not strike out as much as he has been. And so that's one thing that has been a little concerning because he is striking out at 30% whenever he was striking out at around 15 in the minors. yeah. Um, Also not walking as much as he was in the minors. He was walking around 15% in the minors as well. But everything else looks really, really good. Again, 50% hard hit rate, um, exit velocity 91, launch angle 20% swing, 15.7% <laughs> barrel percentage. MLB average is six point percent so he's wow. a little over two and a half times that. Let's just say he's good. But the only thing that shows up as far as expected on his baseball savant page is Is his sprint speed and his outfielder jump. Apparently, he is not great in the outfield because he's a third (laughs) baseman that's playing in the outfield. So (laughs) his nine percentile, he's in the nine percentile for. Uh, getting a jump in the outfield. That's wow. that's my uh, sneaky analysis for Austin Riley, third baseman, that's really outfielder now. Yeah, he
0: uh, he's going to crest the 130 at-bat plateau here soon. Um, I don't know where Savant makes its cutoff in order to make all of its expected, uh, probably around 150.
1: You would think it would be something like that, because I've seen guys that I thought were earlier in the season than that, but maybe not. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, and
0: at that point, it might be qualified, which is like two and a half at-bats Per game or something. Um. All right. Well, that is third base. Let's take a dive into the outfield. There are some deep names here. We're going to take
1: it back to 2010 and talk about Hunter Pence. Oh, I thought you were going to say Shinsu Chu. Oh, well, him too. In the same I mean, outfield. That, yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that outfield has been uh, very surprising. And not what you'd expect. I know Hunter Pence is injured right now. A little turnaround clock night. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy what he's doing with how bad he was last year and the year before. And then he just comes out this year and it's like, I'm one of the best players in the league again. Casually, no big deal. Everything looks legitimate, too. So, uh, speedy recovery to him. And hopefully, uh, he gets back on the field. Uh, let's see.
0: Pence did an interview with Sports Illustrated back in April, uh-huh. and he did make a swing change. Uh, Devin Fink over at Fangraphs details it out, breaking it down. Um, it doesn't look too dr- drastically different, but it's just enough that he, he got back into the groove. Nice. And at 36, man, he's uh, back at it. I mean, definitely
1: the 2010 All-Star team type stuff. Right. I mean, it's crazy, but that's that's what he is. He's back to what he was. But you also mentioned Sin- Shin Chu. Did you know that he is in the second percentile for outs above average in the outfield and the ninth percentile for outfielder uh, jump? So he also not great when it comes to <laughs> playing defense for his team. Um, but on the bright side, your fantasy team doesn't care about that because what you're fantasy team does care about is his 12 home runs and five stolen bases that somehow he has which again is like it's crazy to me that a guy like Chu can have five stolen bases on the year and someone like Catal Marte can have three yeah yeah I mean this this math doesn't add up in my head well I mean Marte took eight more
0: trips around the diamond uh, a few more doubles I mean opportunity here is a big deterrent
1: yeah, but I'm sure he had more opportunity because he's like twice as fast. Like he could run backwards
0: <laughs> as fast as Chu runs forward probably. Probably. Um, so, but, I don't but know. Chu has just been a sneaky model of consistency yeah. in fantasy just plucking along, usually good for 20 home runs
1: around there as long as he's healthy. He's he's my favorite player to draft in really deep leagues because he's always forgotten about. He always sits there like his ADP will be like 240 and he'll sit there to like 350. When you pick him up, you're like, yes, I'm really excited. And everyone's like, oh, ha, 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 chew. And then you get 20 home runs, like you said. And, you know, T-chips and some stolen bases here and there as well. So he's never killing you anywhere. And he's somewhere someone that it seems like he plays every game. I know he doesn't, but it seems like he does because he's just pretty consistent when he's out there. So um, yeah he's, in the last
0: four looking at five
1: seasons
0: nope. uh, well, I mean I even, that even, even
1: if you go back to 2012 he's really only missed significant time in one of those well I mean significant again, I guess is air quotes because there was he played 123 and, and 14 but um, he's played 155 154 123 149 48 149 and 146 so for a guy that's usually a DH in, in most years um, that you know plays outfield every now and then uh, for being as old as he is, he's really consistent as far as how often he plays in my opinion. And he's really consistent with the stats that he produces for you while he's out there. I mean, and there's nobody really knocking on the door there to be
0: like, hey, we need to put you out to pasture and let somebody else, Young Gun, take over the outfield. Because, I mean, Willie Calhoun is there, but he just took the place of Hunter Pence. When Pence comes back, good chance Calhoun either sticks around as a DH or is sent back down. Uh, right. DeShields has been kind of hot and good. cold. Hot and cold since he's came back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, more in line with what we were kind of anticipating for him. Not a real high average. Decent on amb- base. Base, racking up the stolen bases there. So, yeah, Texas is a really interesting squad there. Who else you got in the outfield there?
1: So, another guy I have in the outfield, Austin Meadows. Meadows. Even with the injury that he had, that he was out for a while, he is the 11th outfielder in fantasy um, in standard leagues. And you drafted him around 196. Um, he's providing, you know, across the board. So, he's giving you some average stolen bases, power. Um, he's in that good lineup. So he's getting run scored and RBIs out of it as well. Nearly Um,
0: 400 on base percentage.
1: Wow. Yeah. I I mean, and everything looks pretty, pretty legit too. Um, when you look under the hood, as far as, you know, his x stats and stuff like that so he, he's another guy that you know everything looks completely red whenever you're looking at it um e- including sprint speed for him so very optimistic for him and for the Rays' future um very sad for the pirates yeah that archer trade is getting worse by the day very sad they haven't even seen their uh the, the third part of that deal that first round pick
0: yeah baz the player to be named later <laughs>
1: yeah that's crazy Your boy better be on the list or else I quit. You might have to remind me which boy that one is. We're going all the way back, circa 2017.
0: Domingo Santana. That's right. Holding down the outfield position there in Seattle, 49 RBI, five stolen bases, 13
1: homers, and holding a 270 average there. Man. This is the same season that he had almost. I mean, I guess probably park adjusted pretty close as far as slugging percentage and stuff. But his on-base percentage is, is quite a bit less, if we're being honest. I mean, it's 40 points less than it was in 17. But this is what you wanted last year from him and did not get... Well, he got that at A, Right. But you <laughs> did get... You did... Well, you got 85
0: games out of him, and he just didn't produce. Right. I mean, they were shuffling so many guys in and out
1: of that lineup. It was tough to get into a rhythm. Uh-huh. Yeah. But I mean, now that he's in Seattle, he doesn't have that issue, and, and he's definitely proving his opportunity the other issue is is he still strikes out a lot but he's dropped that strikeout rate a little bit this year um finally below 30 percent um he jumped it up over 30 almost 33 last year so everything looks pretty good exit velocity all that stuff has stayed pretty consistent the launch angle all that stuff's pretty consistent It's pretty much that strikeout rate and uh his hard hit percentage and his barrel percentage things like that they've gone up a little bit and he's, uh, he's performing. Cause like you said, I guess consistency. Yeah,
0: definitely getting those everyday at bats definitely helps. Um, kind of the same issue with Vogelbach there. Uh, those are your yeah. two big boppers. Granted, Nar- Narvaez and Murphy in that lineup as well. One of the two. I mean, it's it's no New York Yankees lineup, but I mean, he will take a hit once they deal some other pieces. Uh, doubtful that he's one of them because I believe he's still in arbitration for another year or two. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't want to say it. I don't want to put it out into the universe, but he might be a guy that's traded. Yeah, I mean, that's true. How's your boy doing? Good old Byron Buxton, other than being on the DL right now. He was
1: on my list. You know, I was waiting to drop him. I knew you were. Uh, (laughs) I was going to try to drop him sneakily and last. (laughs) Um, But how awesome is it that Byron Buxton's relevant again and that Byron Buxton was drafted in 194 range and that Byron Buxton is giving you through a third of the year, roughly, uh, probably about other than the stolen bases, what he gave you in 2017. Yeah, just shy of I mean,
0: just shy of the halfway point, man. Nine homers, ten stolen bases, two sixty plus
1: average. And and some of the stuff actually looks, you know, like it could be legitimate. And and, he's, and there's he's plenty made of some,
0: protection there in Minnesota.
1: He's made some strides in the strikeout rate, so he's down to twenty-two percent. Um, that's a huge deal because of his, uh, speed. As long as you put the ball in play, you have a chance with that speed. I mean, that's, that's the honest truth. Um, he's also jumped up his exit velocity a little bit from 85 last year to 89 this year. Um, his barrel percentage is up to 8.9 and his launch angle went up to 18.9 this year from 12.7. So he is, uh, he's doing exactly what he needs to do. Uh, growing into a man's body because he was he was just basically a boy whenever he got called up and he grew as you know as a kid at the major league level and people are expecting him to you know be Mike Trout and not everyone does that um, but now he's 25 years old and he's starting to grow into his body a little bit more and actually getting a little more seasoning under his belt. You can you can see that he has the ability to do the things that people wanted him to do all along. It just took him a little longer to get there. I'm happy. I don't have any shares of him this year, though. But Right. But next but next year when I draft him, he'll break his hand or something. And then, you know, he'll be done for the year. <laughs> right, and then I won't get anything. So, you're welcome for all the people that drafted him, because I didn't. Let's see.
0: I've got a trio. All right, all three drafted in the 230 to 250 range. Hunter Renfro, Jorge yep. Soler, and Jay Bruce. Granted, Bruce has been playing a lot more first base.
1: Yeah, Hunter Renfro fresh off of the uh, core series, where he hit five home runs in four games. Jeez, yeah. He's got 23 on the year now. First round pick... Back in 2013, killed it in the minor leagues, came up, didn't do great. I mean, he hit he hit for power, but he didn't hit for any average. So I guess people were writing him off. He's never really going to be a guy that has a high uh, on-base percentage, never really going to be a guy probably that has a great great batting average. But this is a guy that has Chris Davis power, like, hey, Chris Davis power that, you know, you're probably going to have him hitting 250, 260, um, maybe 247 for a couple of years in a row. Um, but he's going to hit 40 to 50 home runs consistently for the next three or four years. That's that's my bet. Um, this power is legitimate and this dude is real. The only problem is, is the Padres are a little weird with their outfield right now. And they have, like, 18 guys that can play in three different positions. Right. And so you don't really know what they're going to do from a day-to-day basis. But if they trade him or, you know, he gets shuffled somewhere else, that would be probably a really good thing for him because it might be to a contender. It might also be to a team with a better ballpark um, for him to hit in. Well, and and also just playing time. I mean he's playing most of the, most of his games. I, I think at this point I think he's the everyday uh everyday what is he, right fielder? Oh well yeah. Myers, Myers has field.
0: been doing a lot of rotating with another guy. Um, Renfro right now, twenty three homers, man, forty three RBI, two fifty seven <laughs> average. Uh isn't he kinda just basically Adam Dunn, but with a little better average? Uh I mean he's got that that power, doesn't he?
1: Well yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like I mean it's 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 just legitimate, like light tower power, like he he was a guy that in the minor leagues he had, you know, what was it, thirty-one home runs in uh in sixteen, and then he comes to the major leagues in seventeen, hits twenty-six, and then hits another twenty-six in eighteen. But you gotta think, he was in the minors for a little bit in seventeen, so he hit another four there. So he hit thirty home runs in, in three or in two consecutive years, and then barely missed it last year because he hit two in the minors also. And then he's on pace for Jesus, a crazy amount this year. So <laughs> right. so I mean he, he's done very well every step of the way and he hasn't really struggled anywhere other than batting average in the major league level because even in the minors, his batting average for his career was two eighty six. So he was actually, you know, a decent decent asset in that area. But I mean it's always been known that he was gonna hit for power. His his slugging percentage in the minors was five oh three also. Wow. Wow. His ISO this year, three ninety. <laughs> For for perspective, because remember, we haven't talked we haven't talked about like I haven't done like the explaining stat thing in a while, but um, that is a good topic for an upcoming show. Yeah, maybe we can do that again. But so for perspective, anything above 200 is considered elite. Yeah, he's he's lapping the field on that. So he's he's almost 400. (laughs) That's that's crazy. Uh,
0: 54 hits, 23 home runs. Eleven yeah, doubles
1: I mean, and I mean, a triple. So, is it crazy to say that he's the right-handed Joey Gallo that walks less? Uh, yeah. Like literally, I mean, he yeah. strikes out. He strikes out a lot. He's he's just massive power. I mean, if he makes an adjustment like uh, like Gallo did, he could be a huge asset in batting average. Like, and, and he could be you know a top thirty pick. If he, ma- if he uh, yeah. makes an if he makes an adjustment like Allo did.
0: Well, I mean he's he's kinda in the same range with uh K Riss Davis.
1: Well that's what I was saying. I yeah, mean, I mean and that's similar where, and that's average. You, and that's where you draft him every year because you know you're gonna get forty home runs. Right.
0: Now if if they would just settle down
1: on where he's playing
0: Quit messing with the playing time, right. um, which I think is why he's only owned in sixty-seven percent of leagues. Yeah. So yeah, um, Jorge Soler. Granted, I kind of had him teetering here or the DH. Uh, he's been playing a lot between the two in Kansas City. Nineteen homers this year, two forty-five average. Pretty, uh, pretty surprising. I'm I'm betting he finds his way onto another roster. Yeah. By the trade deadline, there. Yeah, I think a, a an AL team would love him as a DH. You know, Tampa Bay could use a guy like that. I mean, shoot, even Houston could use a guy like that for some consistency sake. Um, Jay Bruce moving to Philadelphia. That's uh, interesting. It looks like he's had a little hamstring issue. And with the
1: games being rained out, definitely was not starting. Yeah, he hasn't played much the last couple of days because of the games being rained out and stuff like that. But um, you're not getting much with batting average, but you're definitely going to get some power from them. 574 slugging percentage, even in on-base percentage leagues, you're probably not liking what he's given you in that, that area. Um, Yeah. 293 on base there. But, but but if you're desperate for power, I mean, he's definitely somebody who is going to give you, you know, another probably 10 to 15 home runs for the rest of the year. Who else is on your outfield list? Anybody we're missing? Cody Bellinger. I know (laughs) that's, I know I'm crazy, but like he was, he was drafted as a first round pick or right around there and he's giving you first overall pick value, um, or around there. And so I felt like that it was at least something that you needed to discuss, you know, for at least in passing. Uh, cause what Cody Bellinger has done is nothing short of phenomenal 700 slugging percentage. over the last seven days, over the last seven days. 895 slugging. So like the 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 slugging percentage earlier that you're supposed to tweet at me at the baseball Jedi about um that's what Cody Bellinger has done for the whole year. Is yeah. that good? Is that good or bad? So get get at uh, me for elite. that. Yeah, get at me for that and we'll we'll figure this out together. Um, I'm really confused sometimes and I'm extremely handsome and, and incredibly humble, but I get confused sometimes so uh, he's got a
0: 347 ISO and a 355 batting average. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> his, crazy. His WOBA 462. It's crazy. Uh, it's... Weighted runs created plus 100 is average. He's at 193.
1: So another guy that's basically laughing the field on stuff like that. Like that's yeah, it's yeah. crazy.
0: I mean, do you try to sell high on him? No. <laughs> Had to ask. Had to ask. No. I don't know you, of anybody who has Bellinger that's looking to sell him. You enjoy that ride. Kick back and let your outfield run. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a St. Louis fan here, uh, Marcelo Zuna, is he looking kind of healthy again?
1: <laughs> when he's not jumping off the wall. <laughs> uh, the fact that he's stealing bases makes me think that he is for sure. Um, his, his shoulder looks good because he's hitting home runs again. Uh, the batting average is meh, but the fact that he's contributing across the board, he's got, you know, 49 runs and 56 RBIs already. Um, those are both going to lead a lot of teams, you know, with who you have on your team. So yeah, I mean, he's done very well so far this year. I don't know if he's going to be something that this is going to continue because the Cardinals have just looked bad recently and I'm not going into that too far, but, um, it's not great guys. It's
0: not great. <laughs> so basically Ozuna is playing to his average right now. Right. Um his career average 265 269 259 like right. it's all right within that range. Last year was 280, his MVP caliber year
1: was 312. That's an outlier. He is the outlier. Again exactly He'll never do that again um, and as long as you get that out of your head then you'll be fine whenever you know your expectations are set though you do have to look
0: his his iso is a little higher than his career year uh 259 his iso that year when he hit 37 home runs was 237 uh slugging he's right within the range a little lower on his on-base percentage woba is within 20 30 points like he's he's producing on offense wow i've forgot he had 124 rbi that year Uh, Uh i mean he'll crest 100 but i mean if you get 110 you're gonna be jumping for joy stolen bases
1: i'm he's already at a career high yeah i don't think he's i mean again this is something where anybody can steal bases if you want to
0: (laughs) walk rate and stolen base are nearly identical to his career year um yeah i mean would you be selling him high
1: yes actually no i'd probably i mean you know you're probably gonna get what you get And if if you can get someone to overpay you for what, you know, they think that he was going to produce because they think that they're going to get the 312 batting average with, you know, 124 RBIs, that's, you know, that's on them to overpay. But I'm not not selling him for less than what he's worth. I know
0: we mentioned Freddie Freeman was having uh, on pace for a career year. Um, Another guy that's having basically a career year is Mike Trout. Yeah, he does that every year, doesn't he? Uh, Yeah, basically, basically. He's down your on batting average. He's a scrub. Right. 20 homers, only seven stolen bases. I mean, come on,
1: Mike. I saw someone tweet out that uh, Mike Trout just casually improving his on-base percentage and OPS <laughs> over <laughs> yeah. the last four years. <sighs> casually and low-key, just right. sneakily doing that. Right, right, just casual. Yeah, no big deal. He's just amazing. Like, it's, it's... I mean he's a enjoy, machine. Enjoy it. And and what's crazy is is that people drafted like in the NFBC, um, some people drafted Christian Yelich before Mike Trout and everyone was like, You're so stupid. And then Christian Yelich is like crushing Mike Trout on value in a league in, in you know, standard five by five league right now. And it's just it's just unbelievable that the best player in the world is as good as he is. For that many years in a row, but any given year he's not necessarily the best player. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's like the best player over like the last five years for sure, but like Christian Yelich is the best player in the league this year. And then God, who was it last year? I don't know. Well Mookie trip I, I think it last was last year. Yeah. Well, him and Yelich last year also, because of Yelich's uh um second half. Oh yeah, that shoot his September. Right. So, I mean, it's just, it's crazy to me. I don't know if you actually
0: prepared any DH guys. No. Okay. Look up the baseball savant on Otani. He's at 138 at bats. I want to see where he's ranking with all this because
1: oh, yeah, he might, not, he might not be on there because of the, uh, remember we were talking about his, Oh, it yeah. is on here. Why he's, he's got 160 plate appearances. So maybe that is the 150. Okay. 50 um, exit velocity 98th percentile. <laughs> <laughs> uh expected batting average 89th percentile uh hard hit 88 expected woba 80 and expected slug is 74 so his expected batting average is 90 or 294 his expected slug is 488 and expected woba is 372 um, but I mean, he's, he's hitting the ball exit velocity 93.1. This is crazy. Yeah. He has his nine home runs, 30 RDI but, and a with, pair of stolen bases, but nine home runs with a 2.6 launch angle.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So his first couple weeks, he's pl- only played in 35 games this year. Um, but yeah, uh, it took him a little bit to get back into the swing of hitting major league pitching of late. May he played twenty games, three homers, thirteen RBI, a two fifty batting average since the Respe- calendar respectable. turned. Right. It, average kind of thing. Since the calendar turned to June, six homers, seventeen RBI, um, and a three twenty-eight batting average.
1: Better than respectable. Yeah. And that uh, and that and that's the thing is people didn't know what to expect coming into the year, like especially in keeper leagues and like stuff like that. So it's like a weirdness that you're getting the, the hitter value this year, but you're paying for the pitcher value next year. So like I had a league this year where I drafted him for thirteen dollars and he's a fifteen dollar keeper next year. And starting pitchers went for like top ones went for like 35 and 40 and like elite ones went for like 55 and 60. And so I, what am I saving 50 bucks, 45 there. And then at the, on top of that, I'm getting the hitter value as well. So I, needless to say, I'm going for it this year and everybody's asking for him to, or for me to trade him. And it's just not something that's going to happen anytime oh, no. soon. no, um, Because I'm going to, I already, I already weathered the storm of him being on the IL and then now he's he's hitting better than a thirteen dollar player should hit. And then I'm gonna get the, the pitching stats next year. So it's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be really fun. And the fact that he gets to dedicate more time to learning his, his craft at hitting at the major league level. And he did so well last year. I was so optimistic this year about his hitting and, and I was a little worried at first, but now I am back on board with You know, he's going to be a very, very good player this year. That line that he put up last year, is triple slash was 285, 361, 564. I think that's on the low side of what he can do. And the fact that he also did 10 stolen bases last year, um, and he's got two so far this year, I think that, you know, that's kind of huge too. So I I expect him to put up as good or better numbers this year than last year. And then, you know, obviously he's going to have more games to be able to play through. Since he doesn't have to worry about pitching. Now you,
0: we're talking about a 24-year-old kid here, and granted, if he just devoted his career to hitting, he can oh, have an elite be career. Yeah, he'd be amazing. And and the fact that say around the All-Star break, about half halfway, maybe June next year, he can get back on the mound. Oh, I think it'll be before that it probably will be but even just conservatively just saying okay well, we're gonna take this slow we got a lot riding on your arm there I mean even a half seasons worth
1: I, th- I think that from my understanding because they did the surgery in the offseason so it was something in where November yeah yeah so I mean even if you give it 12 months to November and then three or four months until yeah, that puts him in my like training April. yeah I mean that's spring training and, and that's that's well past like he will be full pitching in the off season. He will have a normal off season I think. Man. So I think I think he'll be ready for spring training just the ready. Now they surely they might limit his innings. Um, but I think he's ready to rock in April, man.
0: twenty twenty. Right. I, definitely. If you've got a shot at him, you might be shooting your shot trying to trade for him this year.
1: Yeah. I might tank to get him if, if, you know, in some spots, <laughs> if you have the ability to do it, I'm not, I'm not joking. Like I'd, I'd send, you know, two or three good players this year that are, you know, on bad contracts or something like that, or whatever guys that you just don't like. I would, I would try to shoot, like you said, shoot your shot, try to get him. Cause it's going to be the only year you're going to be able to try to do that. Once he once he starts doing that, what we were just talking about earlier about Mike Trout being the best player in the league. If he comes back and he pitches like he did and he still hits like he did, he's the best player in the league. Yeah, yeah. He will end up overshadowing Mike Trout. It's not even close
0: just at that point. Imagine that. Yeah. That's that's and, some and mind-blowing stuff.
1: And he's being paid peanuts because he's on a minor league contract. Go figure. <laughs>
0: right. All right. Let's turn to starting pitching going off that Otani talk. Uh, Verlander is Verlander. Yeah. Um, Two guys post 170 here that are really just, okay, three guys that are really just blowing people
1: away I've, in value five, right now. I have five guys past 170. You got that five? Are, yeah. All that, are right. all, that are all just not what you expected, <laughs>
0: All right, well, let's roll through them then, because I'm pretty I, sure we I got expected, a few of the same. I
1: expected, yeah, I expected a couple of them. So Hanjin Ryu, obviously. Um, we've talked about him plenty of times. I don't want to go into it too more, but his career numbers are amazing. The only thing was health issues, and I don't predict injuries. I don't know. If someone's hurt, they're hurt. But if someone's pitching and, and they're doing as well as he does every time, he has under three ERA for his career. Um, he's just amazing. So, so I mean, it's the caveat that when he's
0: on the mound, he is elite. Exactly. Um, this year especially, one twenty
1: nine ERA. That's.
0: <laughs> 126. 126, 082 um, He, yeah, he's walked five guys on the year, 85 in, strikeouts. In 93 innings.
1: Yeah. So that'll do it. It's easy to see how he's doing well. Um, But yeah, so obviously, like I said, we talk about him a lot. So I just wanted to jump past him pretty quickly. <laughs> um, but Lucas Giolito is the next guy I'm sure you have on the list. Yeah. Um, He's the number three overall starting pitcher uh, in fantasy right now for standard 5x5, five five, which is crazy because at one point uh, he, he didn't do that well. He wasn't doing that well earlier in the year, and then he turned it on, and I don't know what he did, but he turned a corner completely. He's got a 30% strikeout rate for the year. Um, everything looks great there's there's nothing that you would not want he is this is what this is what people were uh, talking about this picture right now when they said that Washington was stupid for trading for Adam Eaton this <laughs> this 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 right. is the version of Lucas Giolito that people were talking about this is the quote unquote can't miss guy that people were talking about that you know we saw the last couple of years that people laughed about oh prospect this and that this is the guy 24-year-old, uh, dominating, you know, from former first-round pick. This is exactly what you were looking for. 95 strikeouts in 81 innings, 10-1 um, record right now, 2.22 ERA, uh, sub-one whip. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing you can say. Like he's just amazing.
0: Um, looking at it, I think it was his third start of the year. Uh, that was the, <laughs> that was the the Brad Keller Tim Anderson game. Oh, right. And uh, Giolito only went 2.2 innings. I believe he he hit a batter or something. Seemed to see the the reason why he only went two and two-thirds innings there. Basically, since then, he's been lights out. Games of three-earned runs, but you, you'll tend to give that up against Boston, well, Kansas City. I'm sure you've got Jake Odorizzi on your list.
1: Oh, you know I do. <laughs> That's your boy in TGFBI. Yeah, I was early on him. Uh, he's, the, he's the one guy keeping me afloat in the <laughs> pitching categories right now. Well, actually, him and him and the next guy – well, not the next guy, but the guy after that that I wanted to talk about. Um, but Odorizzi is a guy that I've always had on the radar just because he's, he's always had a good strikeout rate and he's always been able to produce numbers – Um, As long as he's on a decent team, because then you're going to get, you know, the double digit wins that you usually get each year. Uh, So I was just hoping for one of those mid three ERA type years. And I think I felt dumb lock into the year that he started pitching higher in the zone with his fastball to make his curveball look better. And it's extremely effective for him. Yeah, ten wins, a
0: two twenty four ERA, a one hundred one WHIP. Yeah, eighty five Ks to twenty four walks in in
1: only seventy six innings. So you know he's striking out more than a guy per inning. Uh, He's he's doing everything that you want from a starting pitcher, getting deep into games, uh, being efficient. There, there's nothing really you can say bad about him at this point other than, oh, his previous years, there weren't that great. Okay. Well, that's great. I'm not in 2018 or 17. I'm in 2019. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like sometimes with people's arguments, I'm like, I, I don't understand what you're saying because it doesn't make sense to me. So I'm just going to continue to not listen. Um, well, let but, me take a guess at your next guy here. Is it Frankie yeah. Montas? Yeah. You know, cause he, he's another guy that I have in TGFBI. I mean, he added what was it the, the, the cutter splitter splitter that's what it was yeah and that pitch has been extremely nasty for him and has has made it to where he, he's got hitters off balance and they don't know what's coming next and his strikeout rate jumped uh from 15 percent last year uh, or 15 percent strikeout uh, percentage to, to 25.7 this year Jeez. Uh, he lowered his walk rate to 6.1 which is damn good as well um barrel percentage is, is in the bottom of the league he's only allowing three percent barrels uh everything else looks great his fastball velocity is up there this is you know the top prospect that everybody wanted whenever he was in the uh what was it the uh, astros organization and somehow he ended up with the a's and and has been dominating. Oh, wait, no, was it the White Sox? Maybe it was the White Sox.
0: It might have been the White Sox. I think
1: it was. But either way, he, he's a guy that I think a lot of people checked out on, and for whatever reason, he was he was there at the end of the draft, is what I'll say. And and I kind of threw a dart, the same as I did for Odorizzi. And those two darts definitely stuck in the board and have been on my starting rotation um, the entire year. And They're really the reason why that I'm not in a very bad position right now, pitching wise, because, you know, I drafted Keiko hoping that someone would sign him, and he literally hasn't pitched yet. Um, (laughs) Uh, I drafted. It looks like he's
0: going to pitch this week.
1: Yeah, that's true. But I drafted Fulton Awevich, and he hasn't done good when he has pitched. And when, you know, for a while he was hurt. And then there, there's just been, you know, bad hit after bad hit after bad hit on that side. So um, those two guys, very big, bright spots for me. And I'm, I'm really excited about what they have going forward. But the other guy I called a few weeks ago, what did I call him? I do not remember. This year's Walker Bueller. Oh, you Mike did say Soraka, that. Number 12 starting pitcher in fantasy this year. And, like I said, I mean, he's he's not going to blow you away with the strikeout numbers, but he's going to do everything else great. And I say he's this year's – or last year's Michael – or uh, Walker Bueller, but Bueller's is number nine this year, and he's number 12, and they're not too far apart as far as the numbers are concerned um, for the point totals. So, you know, Mike Soraka has been really great this year. He's keeping the ball down. He's doing everything he needs to do. Um, striking out enough guys to make up for the fact that, uh, or to 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 go with the fact that he gets a couple of wins, he, he gets all those wins, and he has the the minuscule ERA and WHIP. So um, I think that he can continue this run. Now I don't think that he's going to have a two ERA at the end of the year, but again, if he has you know a two nine or or three three, um, I don't think that that's going to be anybody's going to be angry at it. Um, I don't know. That was my guy from earlier this year, though. That was
0: your guy. Yep. Uh, the other one I was going to bring up is Yanni Chirinos. Started yep. as uh, a follower yep. and has worked his way into starting games and
1: going pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah. I know. He he threw seven innings in relief one game, and then they're like, "Oh, maybe you can throw you as a starter." <laughs> right. And so they've been sprinkling him as a starter and a, a, a follower. I think is what they call it, or the the main you know guy. Um, So I actually had him as a reliever on my list. But um, yeah, I mean, I have him in a couple of different leagues and he's been nothing short of awesome because his strikeout to walk rate is something where it's 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 let me see exactly where it's at this year.
0: Yeah, he went eight innings deep against Boston, Uh, got the win there, six strikeouts, pitched well against Oakland, pitched pretty decent against New York, but did get bit by the long ball this weekend. All times kept her
1: close. Yeah, so his strikeout to walk is 4.53 this year, which is damn good. And so the fact that he doesn't strike out, you know, that many people, he's only got a 7.6 strikeout rate. Ignore that a little bit because he's not walking anybody either. So he's not giving anybody free passes. He's not giving up that many hits. That's why his whip is so low. Uh, he's he's exactly what you want. And it was something where uh, I forget who, who was was tweeting it out. I think it was the Ras Ball um, was tweeting out that guys like him and guys like Felix Pena, who has been getting shelled lately, but uh, guys like that are kind of like a cheat code in some of these leagues, like ESPN, because you get them and they don't count as the start because yes. that's all that's all uh, ESPN is 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 looking to count against. Um, so you get as many relief appearances as you want, and so it doesn't count as the start against you. So your start limit isn't affected. Um, so for weekly leagues where, you know, you have 12, that's the hard limit. Well, you can really go to four, you know, 13 or 14, depending on the, the week that, you know, how many times he pitches. So the same thing with season long leagues, you know, you have a two twenty five max. Well, you can go past that because it doesn't count as a start, but he does give you the innings as if it's a starter at times. So, um, I actually prefer him to be a reliever because of that.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, his new transition to starting has cost me a few starts, but they've been worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, he gets a lot of wins, too. Well, Tampa's definitely going to be in the mix to get a bunch of
1: them. Especially when you're pitching as good as him.
0: Yeah, all right, on to the relievers. Who
1: uh, who are you targeting here? So, I only had two of them. Well, I had three, but like you said, Jorinos was starter, kind of two as well. Um, but we're going to get jiggy with it and talk about Will Smith because earlier in the year it was assumed that he was going to split the role. Now he's got 19 saves already for the year and he's just absolutely dominating 44 strikeouts in 29 innings, 2.12 ERA with an 0.81 81 whip. And he's probably going to get traded to somebody and become wow, a setup man somewhere at some point. Because uh, they're already talking about shopping uh, different players. So uh, I wanted to give him credit where credit's due because, again, he's a guy that I drafted in TGFBI. And he was going late enough that people, I guess, were – it's a, it's the saves for Blood League. Like, people go crazy for saves. But for whatever reason, the people that were, like, fringy saves, like, that there was two or three people that potentially were, you know, unnamed at that point – People were letting those people slip way far, so I took advantage of it and, and snagged him, even though I already had what I thought was enough closers. And I'm glad I did, because he's barely been the only reliable one I have.
0: Yeah, he didn't uh, didn't strike so hot with the closers there. Uh, Shane Green is another one that's probably going to find his way on a, onto another squad here. Yep.
1: Uh, I thought the same thing.
0: Oh nine six ERA, oh eight two WIP, and uh, just closing out games. Yeah, uh, twenty saves. Granted, I I believe that first month he had like fifteen. Yeah, and then yeah. over the last five games he's got three. So, oh wow, span that out the last week looks like two, three, four, six. Six in his last eight outings. Wow. So, I mean, Detroit is terrible, but they do play some tight games. And he definitely, uh, he's not the Shane Green that we saw last year that had a 5 ERA.
1: But he could be in
0: any moment, so be careful. (laughs) (laughs) This is true uh let's see anybody else you want to touch on freaking neris only owned in under 60 percent of leagues uh 267 era and he is basically the closer there in philadelphia there's nobody really knocking him out of that position uh 15 saves on the year uh did have one blow up on the 14th a little bad luck bad hop and then gave up a homer there nope not a homer just uh, just a bad inning in that game. But aside from that, he has been lights out. Five of his six last outings have been scoreless and sprinkle in a one or two one-run allowed games. Not much for speculating here
1: on closers either. Uh, Jalen Beeks. Yeah, he's another one of those guys that is uh, not the starter, but will give you uh, bulk innings and get you a lot of wins. So, you know, kind of kind of the exact same conversation as Chirino's, but just not as good of a pitcher.
0: Very true.
1: All righty. Well, we've covered a crap ton of names.
0: Uh, hopefully you found a few guys that you can start shooting for this fab weekend. And we will sign off for now. Phil, where can the people find you?
1: I am Phil and I'm at the
0: Baseball Jedi. Make sure to follow Todd at Goldie Happens. Follow myself at Front Office chair Check out the pod at Fan Front Office. And of course, visit us at our home on the web, FanFrontOfficePodcast.com. And this weekend, check out T Public. We just dropped a new Diamondback-inspired design. So root, root, root for our home team and support your local podcasters. And until next week, we have been the Fantasy Front Office.